Cosmic Christ Podcast, channeling the mind of Christ, with your host, Ascended Master and Enlightenment Instructor, Reva Christ. Theme music, Tears of Joy, by David Veslian, VeslianStudios.com. Welcome back to Cosmic Christ Podcast, channeling the mind of Christ. I'm Reva Christ. We are on episode 39, part 3 of the dissertations from the book, Reaching Christ Consciousness, which is available in the Kindle store of Amazon worldwide. In this episode, Jesus speaks of his past moral decisions relating to the relationships and practices that he held on earth, and he reveals a system of human behavioral improvement through monitoring cause and effect. Jumping into the cosmic stream, I will be reading from the telepathic communication I received from Christ. The one who lives consciously will be awake and aware, and they will govern their lives with the knowledge of cause and effect. For when you pay attention to life and do not merely live in your mind, but actually watch the results of all actions in the corporal world, you learn that all actions leave their mark in the living environment, whether for good or for ill. To use your senses to interpret energy waves and to monitor cause and effect as it appears in corporal reality is to learn the process by which modifying behaviors can also modify results, changing bad results to good results and good results to even better results, while in some cases it may also ward off some dangers. But as energy waves are chaotic, there is always the random factor that cannot be known. The point of the cause and effect behavioral exercise is to be better prepared so the effect that comes is more easily managed due to your personal effort to exert responsible, considerate action when interacting in the environment, whether your interaction is with nature, animals, or people. And if you go one step further and utilize cause and effect behavior to modify and discipline your behavior toward yourself, you can cure all manner of addictions just by resisting the impulse to start an addiction. You can affect a better outcome from bad decisions just by thinking more carefully and thoughtfully before making a decision. I did not consider my actions when I lived on earth. I considered my fantasies and illusions. I considered my fantasy that I was God's son and that I was on earth to do God's work and I interpreted God's work through my own morality and my ideals. I believed in holiness and the spirit. I believed in love, both holy love and human love, though in truth I only imagined holy love. I never experienced it, and I also only imagined human love. It was really given. I believed in free love between men and women, that is to say love was pure and clean, as long as it was consented and there was no force or harm. In my time, men had harems and concubines. This lifestyle was a part of my culture, and it followed the free love philosophy that I held because I did not see the harm in it as long as all were benefiting and all were cared for. I was not a deep thinker, and I did not question the mores of the day. I liked what pleased me and did not like what offended me. My own code of honor was to care for those I loved, and to do this I formed a coven that contained my concubines and my disciples and apostles. When I married Mary Magdalene, I no longer partook in having a concubine. 
I restricted myself to Mary. She was for me as I was for her, and the women who were my concubines each found a mate in one of the apostles. The cause was freedom, but freedom is not what you think it is. In the first place, we were not truly free as we were consistently uprooted in fear for our own safety due to our anti-human political views, which branded us as enemies to the established lawmakers and law keepers. In the second place, as there was no actual individual bonds between coven members, whenever there was trouble, all were scattered and each man or woman had to fend for his or herself. Plans were hatched to send care to those imprisoned and to rescue them from prison, but there would be no one in prison if more thought had gone into the safety of the members of the coven, as opposed to the emphasis being on the mission to topple the human hierarchy in power. I have learned of the error of my thinking much later from my wife, Rava. Through her, I can see the chore that life is, and all the micromanaging that life requires in order to keep oneself neat and clean, free from the stain of human weakness. I do not speak of the weaknesses of the body when the body is crippled, or the weakness of the mind when the brain is impaired, or the weakness of old age, but the weakness of the mind in its thoughts, when they are focused on power and self-service, as opposed to love and the service of the whole of the web. I allowed my thinking to lead me to believe that all should sacrifice for my God, for my high ideas of God, and what I thought God wanted. I wanted to place God on the throne as the ruler of men, and so I sought to depose human authority. I ran an outlaw ministry rather than operating a ministry within the boundaries of the law. The teaching would have been the same, but I would not have been a thief or a vandal, and I would not have encouraged my coven members to be thieves or vandals. But all of this is in the past, and the past cannot be changed. I present it here only in reference to cause and effect. My own execution was the effect of my reckless cause. Understand the teachings were not reckless, but there was much more to my ministry than my teachings. The way my ministry was presented was also reckless. We were reckless in our defiance of the laws. We were reckless when we stole fruit from private orchards, and I was reckless when I entered the marketplace and destroyed private property in the name of my cause. Any form of destruction is not an act of peace, but an act of war, and the lawmakers responded in kind. But all of this I see now because Riva and I have talked extensively about it. I did not deal with my life. After I was released from my body, I climbed as high and as fast and as far as I could, and I never looked back. However, my past was always with me in the tombs of my mind, and as all of life is cyclic and as energy is always moving, so the energy of memories also moves, and it moves in cycles, like the seasons. There is a time to remember and a time to forget, and the time to remember would come and I would run and claw my way to get out. But with Riva, I cannot escape, for my love for her makes me human, and I become the man again, and all of the information is there as if I'm still living it, and she is so astute, she sees it, and she talks to me about it, and we go over it together, and we even discuss, if I were alive today, what would I do? How would I do things differently? And so together we form the new ministry, 
the coven of the cosmic Christ, that is a ministry of mental proportions and mental training on earth in order to restore the original mind of man, the Eden mind before corruption, to use the wisdom of all the destruction that has been caused in the name of man, and to expose the destructive mindset and lay it bare and present thoughts to restructure and make the mind clean, whole, and pure once more, as Eden was once clean, whole, and pure before man's pollution and carnage. Seeing cause and effect in your thinking will work for Eden, and it will work for you personally. Changing cosmic streams in this next dissertation, Enoch joins Jesus as they discuss using the mind as a filter. Returning to the cosmic stream, I'll be starting the dissertation by reading first from the telepathic message that I received from Christ. I sleep and I dream. There are many rooms in my house. I refer to the mind as a house. My father's house has many rooms, refers to the rooms in the mind of God, the rooms that are all empty, spacious, but full of potential to carry and ignite the ideas of all those who seek refuge within the sacred walls of the Almighty's heavenly sanctum. Much information has been released concerning heaven and holiness, and it has been interpreted as piety and perfection, and people have been unable to live up to the lofty standards of such things. As a result, the men who control your world rebel against higher principles, making life more miserable than it need be. But I am here to tell you the perfection of holiness in heaven is not about your body, but your mind. You do not need to feel shame or embarrassment for your imperfections. Just remember to also spend time thinking of higher thoughts. If your body has led you astray, then use your mind to cleanse it. Think thoughts that are higher than the deeds that cause you shame, embarrassment, and guilt. But do not hate me or yourself for being human. I did not come to earth to exonerate the body from its sinfulness. I came to raise minds so the mind would not be focused on sin. There must be a distinction in order to teach. The lusts of the flesh belong to the flesh. They are natural for the flesh. But the mind is not the flesh. And if you could separate the two, you would find you held perfection within you. If only you would utilize perfect thoughts to keep the mind free of the body's longings and leanings. The task in life is to serve two masters in balance. When the lusts of the body call you, look to the perfection of your mind to answer them. There are peaceful, non-violent responses to all lusts of the flesh. The carnal urge to kill and devour something can be tempered with refined thoughts of gentleness, tenderness, and love. Soften your cravings and impulses so your body does not cause harm to an outsider, whether that outsider is nature, human, or animal, and use your imagination to lead you to self-gratification in the private world of your own mind, not the outside world that houses all life. Self-gratification will leave you satiated and blameless of soiling or harming any life form outside your mental world. Through self-gratification, you receive satisfaction and no harm comes to anyone else, not the uncreated child, 
not another human, not another animal, and not nature. Using your mind to relieve your lusts, your anger, your urge to fornicate, your desire to kill or harm, and thinking through these urges and experiencing these urges only in your mind, living these urges as fantasies in your mind, exclusively in your mind, will free the physical world of all violence and suffering that may have otherwise come from your actions. And if thinking is not enough, if the illusion does not satisfy your cravings, then write down your fantasies and live them as you write out the details. Write a detailed account of all your lustful desires while you live the illusion fully in your mind. Experience it sensually rather than physically and save the world from more damage. Save the uncreated from being born and facing the misery of life and certain death. If you use your mind as a filter for all the lusts of the flesh, there will be no harm, for no mental object can be harmed. You will have a private place in which to release all of your angst and your lust, and the world won't have to suffer because of you or your selfish desires and inclinations. You will be blameless and pure because you will not have harmed the world or any living creature in the world. During my time on earth, I imagined great things. I imagined changing the face of the world through my teachings of love, but I was not satisfied with living in my mind. I brought my dreams into the reality of the physical landscape. And as other human forces were at play there, living their own ideas, which were not my ideas, our ideas clashed. For the human element that lived in the world sought to control the world, and they did not form their plans around love for the earth and all of her creations, but rather they tried to incite greed in the human population, while the rest that were immune to greed were deprived and forsaken. My ideas clashed with these ideas, and when I took action to enforce my ideas, I brought my ideas to the attention of the enemy and my enemy retaliated by making plans to kill me so they could brand me a martyr and raise a commercial enterprise in my name under the guise of a religion. If I had only lived my dreams in my mind, my fate would have been much different. And if my enemies had only lived their ideas in their minds, we would not have been enemies, and the world would not be in the state of devastation that it is in today because of the wanton waste of life and the pollution and destruction of life due to the greed of commerce. But neither side utilized diplomacy or reason. There were no negotiations. I failed to teach the lawmakers the error of their ways and they failed to inspire me to their way of thinking. And this is an example of the war of the minds played out on earth. There are many examples of this throughout human history, one side choosing to live their dream of oppression, deprivation, and violence toward others, whether animal, human, or environmental, and others 
choosing to defend the victims. The thoughts came first, the illusions came second, and these things caused no harm. But when acted upon in the physical world, suffering and bloodshed followed, leaving a trail of carnage and misery. Changing cosmic streams, Enoch joins in on the discussion. Life is a battle. It is a war that produces only losers, for all of matter dies. Life on earth is a game of chance. Who can manifest and experience the life they want and what sacrifices have to be made in order to succeed and accomplish that reality? But the worst offense isn't in the man or woman that sacrifices something in order to achieve their dream, for this in and of itself could be a noble gesture. But when the innocent suffer, who are not a part of the goal or plan, when the innocent are dragged into the individual's dream of success and they are sacrificed, this is not nobility. This is selfish, self-centered cruelty. When the planet is made to suffer, for the material gains of the human species, when the animal kingdoms are slaughtered for the gains of the human species, when other human tribes, classes, races, creeds, or gender are made to suffer or are murdered in order so another tribe, culture, race, creed, or gender may prosper. This is not nobility. This is criminal cruelty, and it is insane. When the thoughts, ideas, plans, and schemes of men cause the suffering of fellow creatures, then men's thoughts, ideas, plans, and schemes are not sound, and the mind is sick and needs help. But too often the sick mind is emulated, and society raises it as a leader, and then all minds become infected as they follow the sick plans and schemes of their leader's diseased mind. And the sickness is carried in the traditions and practices of generation after generation of that society's progeny. And the destruction continues on through the centuries with each new generation following the same patterns and trends in thinking as their predecessors until the illness completely encases the human population and the very planet that sustains the human population begins to revolt against them. When man turns away from his own responsibility to filter his thoughts, nature has her own way to filter human poisons. But she doesn't just go after the poisonous byproducts of man's sick ideas and inventions. She starts to eliminate man himself in order to rid the world of his poisoned mind. Jesus replies, where man's mind is sick from self-induced darkness, the earth's mind is clear and sentient. As the higher information spawned the lower, the higher leads, and the higher also cleans. Only higher information is rewoven into the tapestry of life. All lower information is cast aside. When the earth cleanses herself, she cleanses herself of all poisonous information the poisons that threaten her environment and ecosystems. And she cleans these things at the source. She cleans the energy waves. And where man is the creator of these poisonous waves, 
so too does she cleanse the planet of his presence. For when man holds no good information, there is no good information to weave into the tapestry of natural life. Not only are the plans of man's inventions and byproducts cast aside, but so is man. The cleansing will come, as it always has, through plague, environmental disturbances, geological disturbances, and through man's own destructive acts against his neighbors and the planet. Coming out of the cosmic stream, in our next episode of Cosmic Christ Podcast, Channeling the Mind of Christ, Jesus recalls the recordings of his own consciousness on earth, and Mother speaks of the consciousness of the ancient Egyptian tribe known as Assyrian. I'm Weaver Christ. May peace be with you, and thank you for listening.